You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to 2024. And uh, yes, it's been a while since we've been here. Um, several things kind of got in the way. My father was quite unwell before Christmas. Luckily, uh, nothing overly serious. Serious enough for him to have to spend a few days in hospital, which was a bit concerning, but a uh, strong dose of intravenous uh, antibiotics, and he was back on his feet, I'm glad to say, but that was uh, that interrupted one week. And then there was a little-known uh, little festival which tends to uh, apparently take up a lot of time if you do choirs or uh, happen to be part of a church, and uh, that interfered quite a bit. <laughs> I don't really know what it was all about, to be honest, but uh, it uh, got in the way. No, I'm sure you can all, all imagine what that might be. There we are. I'm sure you were quite busy, weren't you, Nick, doing choirs and playing organ and such like? Indeed. Yes, yes, I was. And and Happy New Year, everybody. It's uh, good to be back. Uh, by the way, uh, we had a, one or two issues with sound just before we started um, whatever you've done, I can now hear the intro music again, so oh, that's good. Well, <laughs> I don't know what that was. Yeah, we did have a few issues, I think, um, because I haven't used wire for a while, and um, I've had a couple of system updates in the meantime. Uh, wire didn't want to play, so I had to poke around in the uh, wire settings and then reboot it, and then everything was all right. So whatever was interfering with it seems to have been fixed. So that's good. And I'm glad you can hear the intro again. It does kind of help. <laughs> it does kind of help. There we are. So here we are. It's 2024 already. How did that happen? Um, I'm sure it was only 1976 yeah. a few weeks ago. I'm not sure how that happens. Just, <laughs> uh, never mind. Indeed. Never mind. Here we go. You know you're getting old when you start to tell a story which begins with a few years ago, and then you think, oh, um, actually, that was about 35 years ago. I used to do that after I'd been to uh, after I'd been to college, and I used to say, a few years ago, I was at college, and I think, I've got to stop saying a few. Yeah, it's, a... now, it's now been 25 years. <laughs> exactly. These are the things that happen to us as we get older, aren't they? There we go. Indeed. Um, well, I'm glad to say that I've been well. Uh, Nick has uh, told me that he's had a small accident on the stairs and managed to bash his knee and possibly bruise a rib, which uh, I'm very sorry yeah. there, but uh, we all Tell hope me. Get better. Just be Just being... Just being awkward and falling over things, you know what it's like. <laughs> well, it could be worse. It could be worse. I mean, you know, poor old um, poor old guy and Gaz seem to have a litany of uh, problems, if you've listened to their latest show. Oh, I have, old... no, I haven't caught up with their show recently. Oh, well, um, yeah, they had a sort of litany of... Of complaints of the because poor old Gaz fell off his bike and he ruptured the I don't know was it the capsule or something in his elbow. There's a sort of a oh shock, nasty. There's yeah. a shock absorber in your elbow, which is like a um, like a ball of fluid or some some sort of shock absorber, and he fell off his bike 
right late november early december and burst that and um you don't want oh. to be falling off bikes that's not good no. you tend to be traveling at a speed <laughs> yes yeah. best not to fall off them and i think i think in this case it was uh not that he bashed his elbow but that he put his hand down and the shock traveled up his arm and, uh you know into ah his elbow yes burst the shock absorber yeah. apparently not uh you know not uncommon in cyclists and other people who do those sorts of things um, but we hope. I was get watching uh, uh, earlier on today. I was watching someone who was doing one of these downhill mountain bike things that look as if they ought to die any second. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> just travelling so fast. And what was amazing me was that there was a drone following him, obviously. Mm. And how the heck the dr- the drone flyer managed to keep it, particularly the bits where he was going through the trees. I thought, how is this drone flyer doing this? <laughs> it's just amazing literally sort of doing really sharp right turns and really sharp left turns and then through a bunch of trees where it doesn't look as if there's enough room to get through and all that kind of mm. <laughs> i thought how do they do that that's so I, clever I, I i've watched those things occasionally and they just terrify me they just terrify me well yeah they're, they're just, as i say they're just going so fast and they have all these jumps and leaps and Think, oh dear! I don't think I was ever that adventurous <laughs> when I was young. <laughs> no, indeed. So there we go. So we, we've we've hit twenty twenty four, and um, several things have happened over the few weeks we haven't been here. And the biggest one of all, of course, is slightly surprisingly, I thought um, Apple announced that the Vision Pro uh, will be available starting on the 2nd of February, which is somewhat earlier than I expected. I thought it might be a late March release, to be honest. But um, apparently you will be able to uh, pre-order, at least if you're in the US, that is, you will be able to pre-order from the 19th, which is only a few days away, and uh, hopefully receive one from the 2nd. I suspect uh, it will probably sell out very quickly and... uh, We'll see delivery times stretching out, you know, a month or so within hours, if not, you know, days, if not hours of uh, pre-order. Yeah. I've just got a vi- I've just got a vision of the, a boardroom meeting where they're saying, "Do you think we're going to be ready then for March on this uh, on this thing?" And someone's saying, "Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's ready now." Mm. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> okay, let's ship it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, let's ship it, boys. So um, there we go. Apparently, yeah. I was listening to. Uh, I was listening to. Um, uh, come on, Nick, get the brain working. Uh, the uh, not my Mac. The other guys. Oh, uh, uh, tech, tech, tech fan. Yeah, no, Carl. Carl on oh, his uh, crowd. Uh, Mac and forth. Mac and forth. Thank you. Yes, I was listening to Mac and forth, and uh, and they they were talking about it and saying that uh, they'd just yeah. That they were looking forward to it, but they were surprised that there wasn't more more information about what you're going to be able to do on it. You know, they were surprised that there wasn't more uh, developers and things saying, "Oh, look what you're going to be able to do on your Apple Vision." Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest, right now how big the you know the uh, the sort of uh, the app ecosystem will be at launch. I mean, I was listening yeah. to. ATP and uh, Marco was saying, you know, that he'd been uh, developing Overcast for the Vision Pro, and um, obviously 
he's not lucky enough to have a developer kit, so um, he'd been using the, the simulator, which is available to developers, uh, and he yeah. was lucky enough to get to go to one of Apple's workshops where you get to try out your, you know, your putative app on the actual, uh, you know, hardware. And he said, oh, oh, I, immediately, <laughs> I immediately ceased all, all work on it until uh, I can actually get, hand, you know, get my hands on one for real because, <laughs> uh, you know, I tried it and was like, no, it's all wrong. It's all wrong. No, no, no. <laughs> not not how I wanted it oh, to be right. at all. So he said, <laughs> you know, um, if you are a developer, you know, and you're planning on putting something on the Vision Pro, I might be inclined to urge you to wait until you actually have your hands on a device before you release your product. Um, so I'm not That's sure. I'm pretty sure that it will probably um, pick up pretty quickly. No, don't get me wrong. Yes, maybe so. I, I, I thought. I think the the point they were making was that, that that there was no there were no big players who seemed to be. If they are doing something, they're keeping very quiet about it. Let's put it that way. That doesn't surprise me. I, I that doesn't really surprise me because I suspect some of the big players are going to want to wait until they see how well it sells, then launch, and then decide how big a trumpeting they wish to make about it. You want my honest opinion? Uh, that's the point. That's a good point. And whether, yeah, I mean, if only a handful of people buy it, there's not much point. Is there? yeah, you know. <laughs> You're not going to make a lot of money out of it. You know, so um, we shall see. Um, so the top, But I think you're top... right. I think they'll, they'll sell all they'll sell all the ones they've made, without a doubt. Oh, um, I have no doubt of that. But... Um, but it's 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 not going to sell in the number. It might not even sell in the numbers that you know their computers do. Oh, to start with. Because... I don't think so to start with. No, but as, yeah, because uh, it's such a lot of money. Well, it it is and it isn't, isn't it? Because I mean, I know you know, I know Marco's developer. I suppose if you're prepared, uh, some I suppose of the others, if you're prepared but... to buy, if you're prepared to buy a Mac for three and a half thousand dollars, then. Well, if you might pre- consider spending three and a half dollars on the Vision Pro. But... <laughs> no, well. You know, I I think when you listen to ATP, you know, they they're kind of well, I, I you know, they're arguing the toss about whether they're prepared to go to six grand for their next Mac. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, right. do, do I do I go? Yeah, maybe here? I live in a different world to them. <laughs> yes, I think we I think we do. You know, where we think you know fifteen hundred to two thousand is pushing the boat out to buy a new laptop. They're sort of. Oh well, you know, if it, you know, I wouldn't even consider one that's less than five grand. You know. <laughs> uh, of course, it's slightly different if you're a professional developer. You know, I mean, obviously, it's a, not not yeah, in the, absolutely not in, not in the same bracket. Um, uh, but, but as we said, as we said before, the show started. There's probably probably enough YouTube reviewers who are prepared to spend the money and get be one of the first people to get one. Oh, of course uh, there are. To, to actually to actually take up most of the uh, initial supply. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, again, one of the ATP boys said, "I'm sure there's enough millionaires in the world who will buy one just to see what it's actually like to take up every every available yeah. Vision Pro without you know without any problems whatsoever." So there we go. Um, apparently. The Apple Vision Pro demos will include scanning your glasses to identify your prescription. Um, apparently, trying out one is um, probably 25 minutes or so. Um, 
should you be lucky enough to you know get to have a demo in store um and probably longer if you're actually you know rich seriously in the market to buy one um Apparently, Apple will reportedly scan their lenses with a special device to suss out the prescription. That's actually not that surprising. I, um, I'm sure, like me, you wear glasses, Nick, and uh, quite often, yeah. you know, if you go into uh, the opticians for an eye test, rather than bother to try and search through their records for what your, you know, like your last prescription was, or if you go to a new uh, optician for whatever reason, they they take your glasses, don't they, and they put it in this thing that shines a light through it somehow yes. and measures, gives them a good idea of what your prescription was or is, and then they work from there. And in all honesty, in all honesty, Apple has all the technology they need in the iPhone to be able to do something like that i mean they've got all the laser scanning face scanning stuff so uh, and it's only a mathematical it's only a, a, a mathematical curve yes calculation in the end i mean i'm not saying it's simple but uh, i'm sure i'm sure they're quite capable of doing doing it without spending large amounts on very specialist equipment because they've no. already developed developed the 3d spatial kind of stuff for the iphone anyway well and as, as i say mo- most opticians have one of these things they put your glasses in and it tells them what the what the basic what prescription, the prescription is, is. So, yeah um apparently it says here apple will reportedly scan the lenses with a special device to suss out the prescription and the employee will then fit a vision pro with one of the hundreds of on-hand lenses and a seal and tells you how to use the device uh, apparently including how to hold it um uh, German says that uh, the demo lasts up to 25 minutes and reportedly involve viewing photos, videos, 3D spatial uh, kind, which you can take with an iPro, iPhone 15 Pro, um, using the Vision Pro as a computer or iPad replacement and checking out third-party applications. So there we go. Very good. I'd only do it if there was a nice hot cup of toffee and a biscuit as well. Yes. <laughs> well, before the before the show, uh, you know, I was telling Nick that uh, we had our Mac user group uh, annual social, and um, the chairman was demonstrating some uh, 3D GoPro video, um, where uh, and he he went to Angels Landing um, and did that hike. And uh, if you want to look it up, you will see that that's actually quite uh, quite scary. Apparently it's reasonably safe, but it's quite scary. And uh, the guy who owned the owned the 3D camera said that he would be looking to buy a Vision Pro so that he could you know, view his uh, view his 3D videos of hikes like that and um, yeah, hang gliding. Relive and the stuff. terror. Yeah, relive <laughs> the terror. Well, there are parts of it where he the, the guy whose camera it was hadn't done it before, um, and. Uh, there were parts where on the video you can hear him either swearing or at one point saying, you promised me there'd be a chain. Where's the chain? I don't like this. So, yeah, I'm sure he was very pleased that he'd done it in the end, but there were parts where he obviously did not feel uh, did not feel comfortable. Um, and if you look at the pictures of it, you will probably see why. Um, in parts, the path is about four foot wide uh, with like thousand foot sheer drops on both sides so uh yeah <laughs> you're gonna want to hang on to that chain take it from me take it from me so uh we'll be looking forward of course to all the reviews coming out and all the youtubers 
telling us what they think of it. That will all be uh, all be coming up in the near future. I have no doubt. So, um, uh, and then of course, I think the only, I think yeah, the only issue with it that, that I see is it's going to be really difficult to make a decision to buy it um, without trying it out first. I think Apple were pretty much demanding that you go into the store and try it out before you purchase. Yes. Because they're yeah. saying, Cause it, you Because know, it's the kind of thing that you can't really, there's no way of representing it on a 2D screen and no. giving you a proper idea of what it's really like. So uh, No, I think that's, yeah. you know, that's what Marco was saying, simulator or not. You know, everything I thought I'd done yeah. with the overcast yeah. was like wrong. No, I'm going to have to wait until I get one before I actually continue developing this. And you would think that, um, you know, an, an app like Overcast really is does not massively 3D immersive. It's uh, no, you know, no, that's right. You would think a flat plane on the um, thing would do. Um, what was the other thing I saw about that? Um, yeah, Apple says Vision Pro is spatial computing and not VR. And um, they were, again, uh, Apple have been very strict that you may not use the words Vision Pro in the name of your app. You must not refer to it as a headset. You must not refer to it as VR, XR, MR, or AR. It must be referred to um as spatial computing um i'm sure lots of other people will call it these things but on the app store on the vision pro app store that is what it will have to be referred to as all right okay there we go um once uh we've got that from fast company here apple says it's vision pro is spatial computing not vr um and oh my God, Fast Company, how many pop-ups can you possibly put across the screen when I try and read the text? In truth, Apple's Vision Pro is more like VR. The front of the device isn't see-through, but calling it VR discounts the fact the device's world-facing cameras give the user a clear representation of the room in front of them. And it's into this space that the headset's lenses project all kinds of digital content. Um, Apparently... According to, uh, I think, Marco, again, um, the the rules say things like uh, you you must not angle the windows. And uh, apparently, if you uh, have a virtual environment, it must not be too cluttered. And he said, I don't know what what clutter means to some of these Apple developers, because they show, uh, like, do not do this. And there's a coffee table in the image with a whole... You know, a whole two objects on the coffee table. <laughs> you know, what are they screaming? This is too cluttered. No, it pains, pains me to put a book and a plant pot on the coffee table. But... Uh... <laughs> yeah, interesting, yeah. Interesting. You know, how zen are these developers that, uh, you know, they can't stand to have anything on the coffee table. There we are. It's a little bit. It's a little bit like the days when um, there, there are always the two different types of people. That I, I was always a desktop with almost nothing on it person. Yes, um, and, there were, and there were other people that actually worked from the desktop. Yes. All their files were on the on desktop. On the desktop. I get <laughs> me. I, I think I've said this before. I can't. I can't do that. I've never done that because it, when I first started using the Mac, the desktop was not persistent. And if you put something on the desktop and didn't move it onto the hard drive before you shut down, that file would just disappear. Indeed. Ram, Indeed. And, and weren't, weren't, weren't there a number of problems in 
in one of the versions of of Mac OS where they were running out of system space or something simply because it was I can't remember what the story was. Well, there was a there, there used but to be it was the, all, all to do with the fact that everyone kept everything on the desktop. I know that there was a thing uh, at one point where it, it because the desktop shows all the um, all the thumbnails. If people littered their desktop with hundreds and hundreds of you know Photoshop or other uh, JPEG, oh, that's right. Whatever, and it would then have to load all those icons to yes, that's right. Yeah, that was have it. to yeah. load all of those into memory, and people were basically eating up all their RAM, um, loading all the previews of their of of their files. I, you know, Apple got round that. That was some time ago, but that was a thing at one point. Yeah, you know, don't yeah. don't. Put but complaining much. about two items on a coffee table seems to be a little bit. Uh... <laughs> on a virtual a bit anal. virtual objects on a virtual <laughs> on a virtual coffee table there we go um what else has been going on well of course there's uh, a couple of court cases going on that have been uh, the, the big one of course being the uh, massimo blood blood oxygen sensor uh, kerfuffle over patents where um massimo claimed that when Apple I saw have in, uh, infringed their patents when I saw that blood... I must admit I thought I thought it was to do with um, coffee, but that's Tassimo, isn't it? Yeah, that's Tassimo. Yes, yeah, not Massimo. <laughs> Blimey, yeah. Now, Apple, Apple have been uh, infringing coffee-making patents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So um, that one, of course, blew up before Christmas because the ITC, uh, America's International Trade Commission, upheld several of Massimo's claims and said that they would um, have uh, an import ban and a sales ban on the Apple Watch 9 and the Ultra 2. Um, Oh, right. And Apple actually uh, said before Christmas that after the 26th, the, the Apple Watch 9 and the Ultra 2 would not be available in store. Um, and uh, so I do believe that uh, they actually, you know, did do that after after Christmas. They were no longer available to be purchased for a while. Only a few days, though, because Apple then appealed. Uh, they went to a circuit court, I believe, and said that it would do irreparable harm to them if uh, they couldn't continue to sell them while the um, arguments were sorted out. And Friday, this Friday, just gone, US Appeals Court upholds the tribunal decision in Apple Massimo patent dispute, which was that uh, there would be a stay on the ban whilst the legal wrangling goes on. So um, as of probably right. um, yesterday, I suspect you can now once again purchase uh, an Apple Watch 9 or Ultra 2, at least until um, the wrangling in court is done. So that's not a huge Strangely, surprise. No, strangely, as a side, um, I started wearing my watch again. <laughs> oh. So it's sort of sat on its charger for the last two years or whatever it is it's been. And then suddenly I picked it up one day and thought, do you know, I might put this. I'll tell you what made me think about it. It was when I got my new, I've got a new um, uh, door lock. I think I told you about the door lock the last time we we spoke. Um, I um, remember you saying that you would, you were getting one or you got one and didn't you have some problems installing it? 
Do I vape? Yes, I had all sorts of issues with it, but um, I did manage to get it all sorted. Actually, the company that made it were very helpful in the end. I went back to them and said, I'm stuck because I can't work out how this goes back together again because you have to change the size of it a bit to make it fit your door. Right. And um, they came back to me and uh, all I'd done is got one of the pieces the wrong way around. Yeah. <laughs> and, what, and as soon as they explained it, what they what they asked me to do was send them a video, which I did. Uh, and they were very helpful, very quick, got it sorted, no problem at all. But then I still had a problem with my door. Um, so I eventually got in a actually a very reasonably priced local locksmith uh, to have a look at it. And he took it to pieces, took the whole of the uh, the locking mechanism out, gave it a good spray. And apparently something, could, a tiny bit of metal had broken off. Yeah. Uh, which had which had jammed itself at the bottom of the lock mechanism, which meant that I could lock the door and I could unlock the door, but I couldn't actually take the key out properly once the door was unlocked. Ah. Um, so he managed to fix that. So I was very grateful to him. And um, I now have a working smart lock. So when I come up the road in my car, I feel my, my phone goes bling, and, it, and my front door's open when I get to it. So oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, and so is that why yeah. you? Did you so win? I thought. So I thought. Yes, I. I thought. Do you know? I might wear my watch and see if I can use my watch to do it, which I, which you can. So, which I'm sure good. with your, you know, your New Year um, going for a walk more frequently is probably quite handy. Go out. Yes, yes, that was one of my New Year's resolutions. Was to well, I need to lose a bit of weight. In all honesty, so I'm doing more walking again. So that's that's good, oh. and it's uh, useful to have. Uh, I mean, I, in all honesty, I tend to carry my phone as well. <laughs> yes, but I don't need to if I don't want to. I could just take my watch out. But no, I've just got I've just got used to having. I mean, as it happens, I've not got it on my wrist at the moment, but I've got used to having it more on my wrist again. So I'm quite happy with it for, for the moment. And as I say, it's only an Apple II, so <laughs> I've got no problems with it being withdrawn or whatever's going on. <laughs> and uh, and. Uh, the only, the only issue I'm having, which is a bit weird, is if I come and sit at my computer with it on, it says, I've got a little message where it says something like about wireless power is low or something, and it can't unlock it. And yet, when I'm sitting three or four feet away in my armchair, I can I think, keep feeling my what it tap my wrist. And when I look around, it's, it's opened my computer. <laughs> Oh, so I've no idea what's going on there. It doesn't really bother me. But no, that's that's quite odd because I thought it is odd. It is odd. It's so a little bit further away, it seems to be unlocking the computer. No trouble at all. If I sit down at my computer, it doesn't unlock it at all. Because one of the, I'm pretty sure one of the reasons I decided to buy um, a new Apple Watch, yeah, was that my Apple Watch three not only was getting fairly old, although my son is still using it, you know, and enjoying it, um, it would no longer open my computer. Um, oh, right. Okay. I, I got a message, I think, saying this OS can no longer be open, well, can no longer be opened because your Apple Watch is, or the OS on your Apple Watch is too old or something, something along those lines. Oh, right. Okay. So I'm quite surprised that your watch is still, maybe they maybe they changed it, but at one point, like being able to unlock my, my Mac, 
by the fact that I had my Apple Watch on stopped working and I was getting a message saying this OS no longer supports whatever version of, you know, yeah. my watch was running. Oh, well, I mean, I'm quite happy that it, I mean, it opens it quite nicely when I'm not sitting in front of it. So that's, that's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. These are the sort of odd wrinkles. Welcome to the world of tech. <laughs> Indeed. So anyway, at the moment, uh, yeah, the Apple Watch should be available for sale uh, at least until the wrangling is done. And I'm sure in the end that will come to a case of, you know, money will change hands and how much money will probably be determined on how much goes Apple's way and how much goes Massimo's way. And then eventually, quite possibly, the judge will rule that you will go away and make a settlement or I will bang your heads together and impose one. So, Because you know. <laughs> as Bart says, in yeah. these cases, you know, there's very rarely a, a ruling as such. So, the, you know, quite often the final ruling is go away and sort it out and stop being stubborn mules or I will yes. impose one upon you. If you cannot come to a settlement, I will force one upon you, which usually means nobody is happy. So there we are. Um, <laughs> this one is um, something I found quite interesting. Um, something I, to be fair, wasn't even really 100% uh, new existed. Uh, this one is uh, Tom's Guide. Say, I tried Apple's alternative iPhone interface in iOS 17, and here's what happened. Um, and what they're talking about here is iOS 7 assistive access, which obviously is part of the whole um, accessibility. Um, and uh, apparently there's an assistive access, which obviously is to make accessing your phone more uh, easy if you have you know, challenges, visual, motor or otherwise. Um, assistive access is part of iOS 17, one of many features hiding in the accessibility options. And yes, there are very many in there, uh, many of which can be very useful, even if you are not, you know, physically challenged. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know. So look at, looking at some of these pictures, basically it's big buttons. <laughs> yes. Big, big buttons and less on the screen, which makes an awful lot of sense, really. Like, for example, here, the first one, it's got, uh, they show him holding up the uh, the phone, and it's in the camera app, and uh, you can see, uh, like, four very large buttons basically filling the screen. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, take a photo, take a selfie, take a video, take a video selfie, and then a very large back button at the bottom. Um, and presumably, presumably, when you're using this, if you, if you need the um, what's it called, the sound over, is it? Something oh, like uh, that, yeah, uh, voiceover. Yeah, voiceover. Voiceover. Yeah, if it's using voiceover, you see, you've got an awful lot less clutter on these screens that it's showing. They're just, I say, just big buttons, which will probably make it much easier to use for for people oh, yeah. who, you know, because I don't know if you've ever listened to someone using a yes the voiceover, but. Uh, how they follow it, I've no idea. It's sort of going, uh, this, uh, this one, this one, this one, uh, this uh, this button, this button, this button, this button. Yeah. <laughs> and you think, how the heck do they manage to use that? But, um, yeah, 
Big buttons, big buttons and, and voiceover would make an awful lot of sense, wouldn't it? Um, it says here, Apple trying something new with their accessibility options is to be applauded, especially something as large as a whole new subversion of iOS. But the question is, can this be useful? For my own needs, I see myself perhaps continuing to use access, assistive access as a sort of enhanced focus mode, uh, yeah, not having maybe. access to apps within a couple of taps and having to wait for the phone to reboot if I want to seems like more of a substantial hurdle than a downtime focus mode, um, which I can easily turn off and go back to wasting my time on YouTube. Um, (laughs) I also see the benefit for users who wish more of a dumb phone experience. Um, Set up everything you want to appear on a phone and provided your iPhone will run iOS 17, you can give an older model a new lease of life. Um, Apple's aim, however, it says, is to make it easier for people with cognitive disabilities to use the iPhone independently. Um, This is something I do not have direct experience with, but as someone who tries to be considerate of how other types of phone users may deal with specific features on a device, I think I see some drawbacks. Um, Yeah, he's basically saying that to get it set up, you really need someone to help. So. And that makes sense, really, because setting it up might be might be a little bit more uh, challenging. There's there's more on screen basically that you have mm. to set to actually get it to work properly. But well, I think that's a very good idea. I mean, I'm, <coughs> I've got to applaud Apple really for their efforts with uh, assistive help. Yes, that I mean they... in their OSs. It's really... great that they're thinking of it and not just playing lip service to it. No, I mean, they're, you know, there's already a huge amount of assistive, you know, technology built into all the Mac OSs, you know. Um, and this, this one is new, apparently, but, yeah, it to some extent makes, as you said, it just limits the number of uh, buttons to, like, there's a picture here of, um, like, a home screen, and it's got, rather than, what do we have on there now, 20? 20 is it on a screen i think five rows of four this one appears to have six large buttons um which you know yeah the things you use most often that would make sense wouldn't it i guess you know um and no doubt you can have more screens should you wish uh in you know in the same way but it's not just you know there's more to it than just making it big buttons i'm sure i haven't read this in great detail but uh I, i can see this this looks very um very good if you you know if you're challenged visually or with motor skills i mean they there's already a whole load of assistive assistive stuff for um you know you can have uh if you have problems with fine motor skills there's um you know if you suffer from tremor you can have it so that they, you have to hold the button down slightly longer before something launches and all those things they, they, they've really worked quite yeah. hard on on their uh, on their assistive features that's oh, excellent so that's uh, very good, applauded, and I'm sure they will, you know, get feedback from those who use it and or require to use it, and uh, it will no doubt be refined as time goes on. So, um, indeed, um, what we've got, what else have we got? Um, it's official. Apple's Find My Network now lets you track twice as many devices. Um, Apple has quietly confirmed that it's doubled the number of the devices you can track in Find My Apps. Well, no official announcement was made by Apple. It was reported uh, and shown in a post on uh, ex-Twitter. Um, you can now pair up to 32 items. 
However, the Find My Configuration file from the server still says 16, which is strange. Um, hmm. In a support document on January the 11th, Apple revealed you can now add up to 32 items to Find My instead of the previous 16, including AirTags, first-party headphones, selected Beats headphones, newer MagSafe wallets, third-party accessories, and gear such as e-bikes. Apparently, it's... I can't believe there'll be that many people who have 32 items they want to keep track of. But There you go. Who knows? But there we go. Um, yeah. It was confirmed by Mac Rumors that Apple increased the Find My Item limit when iOS 16 was launched in September 2022, but Apple never mentioned the change publicly until now. Um, oh. Uh, Apple document details that some AirPods will count as more than one item when paired. Uh, the exception of the AirPod Max, regular AirPods and AirPods Pro first. Right. Oh, that's a poorly written sentence. Anyway, with the exception of the AirPods Max, regular AirPods and AirPods Pro first gen count. To, no, that doesn't make any sense. Sorry, badly written sentence. It doesn't surprise me that some <laughs> AirPods probably count as more than one item because you can track uh, the new ones. You can track the AirPods and the case separately. Oh, uh, right, yeah. I believe sense. in the original ones, you tracked the case, not the AirPods. So if the AirPods fell out of the case, um, you could not track the the AirPods individually, whereas now I believe the newer ones, um, you can. You can track the individual AirPods. So that's mm -hmm. um, there you go. Uh, if you need to track 32 items, you now can. Um, like you, I don't know, you know, not sure how many people really need to track 32 items in there. But I suppose if you've got lots of different things, you might have not necessarily be carrying all of them at once rather than having to keep adding and, un, you know, removing items. Might yeah, be maybe so. Um, it's obviously it's obviously something that's been requested, I would imagine, because... Yeah, some people must be I asking what, for I can't it. see why, why would you do it otherwise. <laughs> so uh, so there, there's obviously someone somewhere who... Uh, I suppose maybe doesn't own thirty-two items, but perhaps classes or something like that. Well, or... I was going to say, or perhaps if you um, maybe if you have um, you know a team of people who are issued with Apple devices of some sort, you might uh, you know yeah, a supervisor might wish to be able to track all of the phones or whatever you know iPads. Yeah, maybe in, something in, like that in use by their staff. Um, whatever. There you go. It is what it is. Um, yeah. Uh, I put this one in here. It's Apple security releases uh, from Apple support. And I put this in because since we last spoke, Nick, there's been several uh, releases and updates. Um, when did we last talk? Start of um, the start of December. So um, Apple have released uh, Monterey 12.7.2, an update for older machines, Mac OS Ventura. 13.6.3, Sonoma 14.2, um, iOS 16.3 and iPad OS 16.3, 17.2 and iPad 17.2, Safari 17.2, which is for uh, Monterey and Ventura machines, uh, then Sonoma 14.2.1, um, iOS 16.7.4 and uh, the matching iPad version, which is for iPhones 8, 8 Plus, 10, 
uh, iPad 5th Gen, iPad Pro 9.7, and iPad Pro uh, 12.9 inch 1st Gen, uh, 17.2.1 for iPhone XS and later, Safari 17.2.1 for Monterey and Ventura, and uh, just a couple of days ago, Magic Keyboard Firmware Update, because apparently there was... Um, a vulnerability found in the firmware for your Apple Magic Keyboard. Um, apparently, an attacker with physical access to the accessory might be able to extract the Bluetooth pairing key and therefore monitor your Bluetooth traffic. Um, Jolly good. I was so interested in all of that, I had enough time to make a cup of tea. I <laughs> don't blame you, mate. I don't blame you. But... You know, that's quite, you know, I do like to see these, though, because Apple, it, you know, you've got an older machine, which yeah, runs Monterey. to update all their stuff, that's it's that still, got to be applauded. It's got to be, you know, that keeps some older machines going for a few more years. I'm not sure when they're probably going, they're probably going to drop Monterey this year, I would have thought. But uh, that's, you know, that's still pretty good. If you've got a machine that runs that, you can still get the security updates, which is all nice and yep. of course uh betas are continuing to uh pour out i can't even remember where i am now on the betas i've had at least two beta <laughs> updates oh, i think i'm on was it 17.3 beta three four i don't know something like that so that won't be long they normally don't get past yeah. six on the later point updates so well i've just been i've just had notifications for some of some of the updates on on my devices so i think i've updated my ipad and i think i think mac os have updated as well mm. not sure i've done my phone yet don't think i have um and i haven't done the one down at church yet either so gonna remember to do that on occasion yep at some point um there we are all of which i believe uh contain some quite important security fixes which we will talk about um very shortly mm-hmm um what else uh i've uh, an opinion piece here which i believe is from imore it is uh now that wi-fi 7 is official yes people wi-fi 7 is coming you know we had six now we've got seven coming uh let us see the return of airport there was no need to drop this line apple and um i've not read this in depth but to be honest um yes I, I think a lot of people regret the loss of Apple's Wi-Fi networking gear. Um, because I don't it, really see why. Personally. Well, a lot of people found it, I think, reassuring. And, of course, it was very, very simple to set up. Um, well, yeah, that's always a good thing. I mean, uh, at the, our Mac user group, which unsurprisingly consists mostly of people, you know, well past 50, um, <laughs> there are many who do, you know, miss the the, the, um, the comfort of having an Apple-supplied um, Wi-Fi solution. Um, and, of course, the, the time capsule is sadly missed by a lot of people. I can, I can see, I can sort of see why Apple dropped it, though, because it, doesn't really fit in their portfolio generally does it i mean all no. the other stuff no it doesn't really fit in anywhere it, i mean it's great it was great to have but it doesn't really fit neatly in with anything else that they produce so i can sort of see why at some point someone might say why are we why are we producing this yeah um 
I, I, I mean, I, I feel for the people who would like to have it, but I, I'm, I'm not sure that Apple are ever going to do it myself again. No, I, I don't I, think so. Uh, I mean, yet another line of things to keep updated and programmed, yeah. and, and uh, that <laughs> is true. And you know, Wi-Fi networking is not the sort of you know back when it was introduced in when did they first introduce it? Uh, 1999 um, was when they first. Uh, announced the airport, right. and um, back in those days, you know, setting up a Wi-Fi network could be rather more challenging than it is today. Most, indeed, even, yes. even you know, even cheap. I mean, routes one, are... one of one of the one of the real benefits of. I mean, I'm really happy with my five um, G modem now. It, uh, it it really it seems to be rock solid, so I'm very happy with it. I get about 110, 120 megabits per second down. Which is more than enough. That's very about, good. About ten up for between eight and ten up, which yeah, again is plenty. That's plenty. Um, and it's it, it just works. And th- these are so easy to set up. I mean, literally, you just need a power lead, plug them in, uh, stick in the um, the sim, and you're away. Yeah, that's it. Very simple. I say the only the only difficulties I had when I did it, I think we talked about in a previous a previous uh, podcast where. I had issues with passwords and things, but apart from that, the actual device itself seems to work absolutely spot on these days. So I'm sorry if you want an Apple uh, an Apple uh, Wi-Fi device. I don't think I don't think you're going to get one. No, I, I I don't think so. I must admit the one I think the one part of that um, of that stable which is the most missed particularly as more and more people have laptops, is the time machine, the network-attached storage device for yes. iCloud backups. Because That's understood, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, as one of the speakers at our, our uh, social was saying, you know, people are still not backing up their machines. And uh, no. as, he, as he said, you know, unfortunately... And we, and we, keep, we keep so much personal, so much... Um, family information and life on it these days yeah we do but you know um, yeah you'll really miss it if it goes if it goes back and, up back up back up back up back up back up as he said I, I i think one of the problems is that without something like uh the time capsule many people with um <coughs> you know with laptops forget to plug something in on a regular basis and make a backup yeah. um yeah that's right the, the benefit yes, it of, sort of took it the, the time the time capsule sort of took the thinking out of it didn't it really so that was an advantage of it i, I mean it's, it's it's fine you know I, I don't think there's many people probably who use a desktop who don't have an external drive connected to it you know well i hope not yeah um for time machine or a regular, you know, carbon copy cloner or super duper copy or something. But I must admit, with a laptop, it's 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 more of a fag. You've, you know, I have a reminder on mine, and sort of CCC will pop up a reminder saying you haven't plugged in your CCC backup drive for you know, fourteen days or something. But even then, it's easy to think, oh, I'll do that later. Not now. I'm busy. Um, and forget about it. So I think that's that's one thing which might have um, you know have validity. The rest of it, I, I think I'm a, I agree with you. And I think Apple will probably say, well, there's plenty of other options available. 
um, in the market. And yeah, it's just another thing to have to tool and manufacture and maintain and, and all the rest. So <laughs> yes. the, I'm not convinced. I, I agree to some extent with the with the opinion. Apple should bring it back. With the sentiment, but, yeah. But um, I, I'm not, I, I agree with you. I, I can't really see um, Apple doing it. So um, before we move on, because that's pretty much all of the um, uh, Apple stories, direct Apple stories, I think we'll take a pause because uh, John Nemo has a, a hardware store where he has a couple of Skosh devices to tell us about, and uh, we'll be back after that. So take it away, John. Our friends at Skosh have done it again. The Magic Mount Travel folding two-in-one wireless charger is sensational. $80 in the U.S., and there are some discounts and promotions on their website. Fortunately, it's white. I'm so sick of black. It folds up for travel, and it folds out for charging your phone and your AirPods. It folds into an angle for charging while viewing. Excellent photos and description on the website at skosh.com. S-C-O-S-C-H-E. Skosh Magic Mount Travel. That's one word, Magic Mount. M-A-G-I-C-M-O-U-N-T. The stand offers two height and angle options. Can also be used unfolded or flat. Mrs. Nemo saw this and says, Can I have one? I said, Yes. I took it out of the box, and 10 seconds later, she was charging her phone on it, and it's not coming back to me. I guarantee that. She loves it, and she uses it flat for charging on her desk. She doesn't need the angle position. So check it out. This is a wonderful gift for yourself. You'll have it for years and years and years. And Skosh has done a beautiful job with design functionality, and very straightforward features. But when you want to plug it in the wall, how about this? Skosh PowerVolt PD35, a dual-port USB-C power delivery wall charger. 50 bucks in the U.S. It's very simple. You plug it into the wall, and you've got two USB ports. But these guys are powerful and fast. 35 watts is a lot of charging power. It's so much charging power. In fact, older, earlier USB-C devices will not work properly with it. So if you get any kind of error message or weird charging quirks on your older USB-C devices, they're not broken. They just need the original charger that came with the device. This is better for the new high-power, high-intensity USB-C power connections. Dual-port USB-C power delivery wall charger, Skosh PD35. Or 35 watts. And if you're only going to get one, get that magic mount travel folding two-in-one wireless charger. That is beautiful design and exceptional functionality. Back again soon, more Nemo's Hardware Store. Thank you for that, John. And as ever, uh, information about those products will be in the show notes. So there we are. So that's pretty much all of the direct Apple stories. Um, oh, there's one I missed. There's one I missed. Um, iOS 17.3 beta has dropped Pro from the Apple Vision name. And then uh, question mark, could another model be on the way already? Well, uh, that really probably should be in Vinny and the Squirrels along with the other 
silly speculation. Of course, eventually there will be a non-pro <laughs> version. Um, and the fact that Apple have dropped it is probably simply a recognition that eventually there will be a, you know, Apple Vision um, ecosystem. There we go. Um, or so, a typo. Who knows? Well, no, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Apparently, Apple are very strict about how you refer to the Apple Vision Pro and how it's spaced and all the rest. But, you know, it's Apple Vision Pro, three yeah. words. Do not do Vision Pro in camel case and all the rest of it. Anyway, that's by the by. Uh, quick technology and science. I've got a, li- a link here from Laptop Mag. Uh, Qi to wireless charging, everything you need to know. And for anybody who doesn't know, Qi 2 is the new uh, wireless or inductive charging standard, um, which is to a large extent based on Apple's MagSafe, where they have uh, basically shared a lot of their technology or their you know, patents or whatever, so that everybody will be able to have Qi 2, which is... Not quite as clever as MagSafe, but very closely. So, uh, uh, that's that. Um, the EU Antitrust Chief has met with Apple, Alphabet and Qualcomm. Um, as Bart said on Let's Talk Apple, I suspect this is the politely asking them questions, which will be followed by slightly less polite questions if they don't hear what they want to hear. <laughs> um and Mac Jim, I think, sent this one in, and this is on um, Brighter Side News. A groundbreaking nuclear battery produces 50 years of power without needing to be recharged. Um, this is a bit of a, you know, sounds good. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. Um mm. Beijing-based startup has introduced a revolutionary nuclear battery which claims to provide uninterrupted electricity for half a century without the need for charging. Um, This groundbreaking innovation heralds a new era in energy storage, uh, maybe. Well, it's not really, is it? It's not storing anything. It's actually uh, creating energy. Um, Oh, and wouldn't wouldn't that be nice if that were true? Who mm. who knows? But... um... Yeah, there's so many of these. I, I was watching another one yesterday. I watched one or two channels with new technologies and things on, and they're they're all always so frustrating to watch because um, there was one yesterday I watched, and he started off by saying, "I know you, I know you, you hear a lot of these, but uh, this one sounds really promising." And you think, "Oh yeah," but they're all promising. They're all promising until they're not. Yeah, I mean the what the one they were talking he was talking about. Yes, uh, I heard early either earlier today or yesterday was. Um, Zinc, zinc vanadium batteries, uh, zinc vanadium, um, and the adva- vanadium—that's the word—and um, the the advantages of, of it are um, double the density of existing batteries, but more importantly, you can recharge from zero to eighty percent in three minutes. All right, yeah. Um, but it's still only in the lab. It's still hmm. only in the lab. They have no idea whether it'll scale or not. Exactly, um, and you know so. How- you know how easy, and they it? always only tell you that. They always only tell you that right at the end of the podcast. I wish they wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, I know that's annoying. It's so annoying. Uh, what was it? it? Used to be a bit like that. There's one Horizon used to do that when they had a thing about um, 
some new development and then they'd go all the way through the program and then at the end say but you know this is only in the lab and then you think oh, really yeah I, I, I wish they wouldn't do it to, to some extent don't um, build it up and then i mean leave it, us it makes me believe it makes me believe eventually we will end up with much more powerful batteries that will charge faster oh with that, i'm sure a, that will come that's a given i'm sure it'll come but but whether it whether it's one of these existing technologies or something new they discover, who knows? Who but, knows? Uh, I mean, I do hope they do. Because, I mean, when you think about that, that's amazing. That would mean you drive it like a normal car. You, what you could do is have, so say current cars have got a couple of hundred miles range. You could have exactly the same amount of range, but in half the amount of batteries. So the car would be lighter. So you'd then get more range because the car's lighter. So you'd probably get more than 200 miles range. And then when you needed to refill it, you literally wouldn't have enough time to go to the toilet. Exactly. <laughs> so... By the time you got back, it'd be overfilled. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. I mean, it says here, this groundbreaking innovation heralds a new era in technology. Yeah, there's two important words missing from that sentence, which is could possibly. <laughs> yes. Apparently, um, it's made by fitting 63 nuclear isotopes into a module as small as a coin. Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, the nuclear battery, global first. All right, stop overhyping it. Um, has entered the pilot phase. There we go, pilot phase. Um, what, what I always find amazing about these things is it's all these kind of things, though, isn't it, that eventually... It won't be just this. It'll be this plus something else, plus something else, plus something else. And when they all add together, someone will put them all together and suddenly we'll have something that is really, really works and is and exactly. really, really brilliant. <laughs> A little bit like the iPhone, really. Yeah. So yeah, take lots and lots of different technologies and actually make them work together. Apparently, BetterVolt's inaugural nuclear battery boasts the capability to deliver 100 microwatts with a voltage of 3 volt. Um, they have ambitious plans, blah, blah, blah. The layered design of BetterVolt's nuclear battery ensures safety and is engineered to withstand sudden force without catching fire or exploding. Yeah, that's nice. Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, BetterVolt takes pride in highlighting the safety and environmental friendliness of atomic energy batteries. These batteries have no external radiation and are well suited for use in medical devices such as pacemakers, artificial hearts and cochlear implants. Now you're talking about... Oh, okay. So now there I can see that being really useful. So. Um, and apparently, uh, after the decay period of approximately 50 years, the 63 isotopes within the battery would be uh, consumed and transform into stable copper isotope, which is non-radioactive and poses no threat or pollution. Um, so, you know... It, 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 Again, they've over clever technology. It. It's yeah. clever technology, and if they can scale it up to something that could, you know, power a, a smartphone or something, or even maybe a laptop eventually, then yeah, maybe it is something. If it, if it, if if all they can manage to do is power pacemakers and cochlear implants and the like, then that's good. Even that is, you know, is very good. Yeah. So I'm sure lots of people with pacemakers would be quite happy to have a pacemaker that they don't have to have a battery pack for or have batteries refitted every 15 years or whatever there we go yeah yeah that's right oh well 
interesting interesting and that's uh you know if if it uh you know if it truly works and uh you know becomes something that's good and if they can scale it up to something big even better but uh, i won't hold my breath yeah um no <laughs> there we go and we will move on to the security and privacy um the biggest one here um i'm not sure if you've heard about this or if you follow these things nick but is operation triangulation um the link I've got here is to the securelist.com. Securelist.com. Um, there's a little, um, a little intro piece, and then there are six separate uh, articles attached to it, which are all about Operation um, Triangulation, which is uh, a vulnerability which apparently was used to um, infect people with, you know, a very nasty um, attack. Uh, you know, a very nasty spyware. Um, and it says here, whilst monitoring the network traffic of our own corporate Wi-Fi network using Kapersky Unified Monitoring and Analysis Platform, we discovered a previously unknown mobile uh, campaign targeting iOS devices. The targets are infected using zero-click exploits via an iMessage um, and the malware runs with root privileges, gaining complete control over the device and user data. And we have named this Operation Triangulation. Um, this is an ongoing investigation. The amount of material collated is substantial and will take time to analyse. Um, this may be one of the initial reports. There are six attached articles to that. Um, I believe Ars Technica have a breakdown of how it uh, works. Um, it was discovered by Kapersky, so here's a hint. If you're going to infect people with a nasty zero-day attack, maybe don't infect people that spend their time tracking such things. Um, <laughs> Kaspersky Labs uh, discovered it, I believe, and it is an incredibly complicated um, chain attack. It uses four zero-day exploits to... Um, it begins, apparently, with an exploitation of something to do with the true-type handling in iMessage, um, which then breaks out and does something else. And there's a long chain of zero-day exploits which is used to do this. Um, and it does allow, as they say here, root, you know, root privileges and complete control of the device, um, which is very, very nasty. Um, obviously mm. most of us do not need to worry about this um, as Bart said on his show uh, you know something that uses four zero day exploits uh, is not something that uh, some teenager in his back room cooked up this is uh, almost certainly state sponsored um, and probably yes. you know cost a vast amount of money millions possibly even billions of dollars to develop and uh, deploy. Um, <clears throat> the presum presumably, it's fairly presumably it's fairly easily broken as well because if it relies on this chain, you only need to break one bit of the chain. Yeah, apparently for it's, for it to not work anymore. It's also apparently not persistent, so that uh, if somebody restarts their uh, device, the exploit is broken, and you you know then have to target them with another iMessage. Um, oh right, okay. So yeah, you know, does, this was that does sound like a state actor, doesn't it? This was very much, I suspect, targeted at high-profile, um, you know, high-profile targets. Whether that was deployed, yes. you know, by a government or 
what we might class as good purposes, such as, you know, targeting terrorists or, or such like, or whether it was um, developed by somebody, you know, a little less friendly for other purposes, nobody at the moment appears to know. I haven't studied it in great depth, but it's uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing, it is a fascinating and quite technical chain of uh, exploitation. Which, of course, now it's been discovered is blown. So, there you go. How long that's been, um, you know, circulating? Again, I don't think anybody... Who knows? Who knows? And I'm pretty sure a very small number of people would have been... um, Apparently, at one part in the chain, it exploits an undocumented hardware API um, in the ARM chips. So... Even Apple may not have known about this um, undocumented hardware um, API. It might be left over from... Uh It's been speculated it might be part of, you know, ARM's own debugging and testing uh, routines in the chip. It could be any number of things. Um, So far, that's about as much as I've dug into it. But uh, you're interested... They're dash clever, these buddies, aren't they? Yes, they are indeed. So, no, I don't think most of us need to worry about it, but uh, just proves no. that uh, people are always working. There are always people out there working to exploit any vulnerability whatsoever. Um, the other one, um, Apple admits to secretly giving governments push notification data. That's a slightly disingenuous um, headline in the fact that what came to pass was an American senator wrote an open letter where he said that the US government had um, been uh, allowing uh, legal requests to Apple and Google um, to get push notification and metadata, um, but everybody was under a gag order. So it wasn't that Apple was secretly giving, well, they were secretly giving it to, but the they were under a gag order, which meant they couldn't tell you um, that they couldn't tell you about it. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, this senator, um, I forget his name now, and he's well known. Um, Bart mentioned him. Bart said he's well known. He's very high. You know, he seems well um, versed in technology. He's not one of these sort of how does the internet work type chaps. He's very big on security. Um, And he basically blew the whistle on the American government saying that they were, the NSA was um, forcing Apple and Google to hand over um, metadata from push notifications and that the... Apple and Google were forbidden um, from uh, even putting it in their transparency reports that they'd been asked to do so. Um, The whistle's been blown on that, and uh, uh, no doubt the NSA were using it to uh, fingerprint various people for various reasons, nefarious or not. Um, Another matter, depending on how you view the... uh, the NSA, whether you consider them to be a valid security agency protecting, you know, the United States or rather more shady than they ought to be. Depends how big your tinfoil hat, I think. But (laughs) uh, that's been blown open and Apple and Google will now be disclosing how many times they've been asked for push notification data. Um, This one, Apple Magic Keyboards at risk from a security attack. Uh, well, that's one we just mentioned in the updates part. Um, Airdrop was cracked by the Chinese authorities to identify senders. Um, apparently, uh, 
reportedly cracked by a Chinese state-backed institution, allowing authorities to identify senders who share undesirable content, um, <clears throat> which, you know, may or may not be a good thing. Um, if you're in China, that's probably not so good. Depends what you consider to be undesirable. However, well, exactly, yes. <laughs> who makes is, that decision? Who makes that decision? Um, and uh, so that's on Mac rumors. And um, apparently, according to the CNN, Apple knew AirDrop users could be identified and tracked as early as 2019, according to researchers. Um, if that's true, then maybe Apple should have been a bit more open about it, but we don't know that. Um, and that's basically the security news for now. So we'll just wrap it up with the Vinny and the Squirrels versus the Analysts. Um, this one is probably the biggest Vinny and the Squirrels one. Uh, the Apple Post says Apple will release Mac Studio, new Mac Studio and Mac Pro this year and a new M3 Ultra chip. Uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, sorry. I think right. I, I think I could forecast that, and so could Vinny, and so could uh, you know Donny squirrels in his backyard. So that's a you could you could actually you could actually probably program these, couldn't you? You could actually program the the story to be published. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and sort of in two years' time, it's the same story, but with an M four on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And another one here, Samsung's Apple Vision Pro competitor might be one third of price. Um, might, <laughs> carrying a lot of water. Well, well, might, but I mean, the chances are it is going to be cheaper because most of the other devices are. So. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> it's not so, a big stretch. At the same time, you could say, you know, um, Ford's new family saloon uh might be a third of the price of a Ferrari. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, without any real information on what they're doing and, uh, you know, so on. Let's face it, the MetaQuest is a fraction of the um, price of an Apple Vision Pro. Uh, that doesn't make it better or worse, just different. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I don't I put that one in just because it made me laugh, you know. Samsung's Vision Pro competitor might be a third of the price. Or it might not. <laughs> if they produce an, a high end thing, it might be a bit cheaper. Who can say? There we are. So it's amazing uh, it's amazing how Vinny manages to bark these out. I mean that's quite yeah. remarkable. <laughs> <It> just... <laughs> yeah. It's uh you know. Yes, Vinny. Hello. Yes, you've heard your name, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, hello Vinny yeah, hello Vinny we know what time it is Vinny yeah don't lick my face or tread on the laptop and disconnect the call I'd rather you didn't do that <laughs> so I think that's you know not only have we reached the end of the stories but I think Vinny is making it clear that it's uh, time for me to wrap up and take him out time for, for a walkies walk. take him out for a short walk so with that we'll uh, we'll wrap up um, find us in the slack of course, you can join the Slack if you are interested in joining us in our conversations there about all sorts of things. You know, uh, the entertainment gongs and brickbats where people share things that they've watched which they like or things that are absolute trash and best avoided. Um, and uh, there's the photography section, the dark room section, all these sort of other things you can join in with if you enjoy listening to us. Just follow the link at the top of the show notes. And uh, with that, I think we'll sign off, shall we, Nick? Um, 
hopefully we should be back next week and uh, we will endeavour, uh, you know, universe permitting to get this show back on a regular basis. And uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was, uh, I think it might have been um, John Syracuse who said, when I started a podcast, I was told consistency is key. And um, we appear to have failed over the last year to manage that. So uh, for a variety of reasons. So hopefully we will get back onto a regular schedule and uh, be able to share with you every week. But uh, we will see what happens, I'm sure. But uh, until then, Nick and I say goodbye. Bye, all. Bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show uh, or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hello, I'm Guy. And I'm Gaz. From the MyMac.com podcast. And we're here to tell you about a very serious condition plaguing Mac users everywhere. It's known as BPSI, or Boring Podcast Sleep Induction. It can happen anytime, anywhere, while listening to dull podcasts and driving. You can prevent BPSI by subscribing to the MyMac.com podcast on iTunes. Our podcast is many things, <laughs> but never boring. Available without a doctor's prescription. The MyMac.com podcast is not responsible for loss of bodily functions while laughing. Side effects include blurred vision, nervous tics, trying not to smile, angry yelling when you say something wrong, and the inability to call our Skype number, which is 703-436-9501. Women trying to become pregnant should not be listening to the MyMac.com podcast, as it will take time away from having sex, which you normally need to do to become pregnant. So remember, listen to the MyMac.com podcast. Think of the children.
So how are you then, Nick? You been all right? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. That's good. I managed to blooming fall up my stairs earlier in the week. Oh, no. So uh, I had a big, big lump on my knee. And uh, uh, tonight I'm a bit uncomfortable because I, I sort of landed on my left-hand side. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I, I think I've probably bruised a rib or something. So at the moment I'm getting jabbing pains up in my... Um, just sort of just under my shoulder, you know, Ouch. on my chest. Nasty. Is, so I've just taken some paracetamol. Yeah, can't say I blame you. Jackie fell over the other day. She got up, tripped over her own shoes, which she'd foolishly left in the way, even though she knows better than that. So she's not <laughs> steady yes. on her feet at the best of times. And, uh, and then crashed across the crashed across our coffee table, which is a substantial oh, large chunk of wood. So that didn't... Yes. Uh, you know, sent all the stuff on it flying. Managed to make a massive bruise across her thigh and bash her other knee against oh, it. Oh dear! So yeah, yes, my uh, so I ended up with quite a large lump on the front of my leg, and now it's going a nice shade of sort of yellowy purple. <laughs> yeah, that well, was basically she ended up with a like a horizontal line across the outside of her thigh where she'd fallen obviously against the edge. Where she landed on the table. On the oh. edge of the table and it went like like almost 180 degrees from the front to the back of her leg as she'd obviously rolled on it as she'd come down. And yeah. then her other, her other oh, knee, dear. she then, like the the knee that was following had then obviously smashed into the edge of the table and so she'd got a huge bruise on her kneecap. Um, yep. Lots of sympathy. <laughs> I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. There's just nothing you can do once you're on your way down. Uh, no, <laughs> especially on the stairs, especially on the stairs, because like, well, that's it's right. Not, I mean, it's not even like up, going to the floor, is it? Up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. down. But, you know, if you if you fall that's to right. the floor, no, I was go- I was go- if you fall to the floor, you've got yeah. time to do something. If it's the stairs, by the time you realise you're that's even right. tipping, you're, you've smashed into the you're stairs. You're too late. You're on the stairs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I was go- I was just going upstairs. I was playing for a, uh, a a funeral later that day, and there was just a couple of pieces I want to quickly run through. And my keyboard's upstairs now. I moved it upstairs some time ago. Um, so I was sort of half trotting up the stairs, you know. Oh, and, uh, I don't know how I missed the footing, but no, there you no. go. That's how it happens, mate. You don't it know ta- how it happens. Takes us long. Takes us longer to get over it these days. It mm. takes a little bit longer to heal up. But apart yeah. from that, I'm fine. When I was young and used to do skateboarding and such, you just, you know, used to, ow, I've smashed my knee or my shoulder or my hip or something, you know. A few days later, well, that's it, I'm fit. Yeah. <laughs> no, these days, bash, yeah, that's your, right, bash yeah. your shin it's and a, a week more... later you've still got a lump the size of an egg on your shin, you know. But ow. Yeah, it was more of a, more of a, ow, 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 I'm all right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, did you have a good yeah, Christmas thing? Oh, well. I did, thank you. Yeah, I went to my sister's, um, who doesn't live far away. Um, so that was nice. And the whole family came, including Matthew and Anametta from the Netherlands. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. So it was lovely to see them all. And then the following Friday, we all, uh, uh, Matthew and Anametta had gone back to uh, the Netherlands, but uh, the rest of the family trundled up to Sheffield to my brother's. Oh, nice. And then we spent a day together, so that was nice too. That's good. Very pleasant. How about you? How was your Christmas? Uh, quiet, to be honest. Very quiet. We had um, we had uh, Jackie's like surrogate mother come, and a friend of ours, Zadie, because she hadn't got anybody to be with. 
So there was just the four of us, and we just had a um, quiet day, you know, had a uh, piece of lamb for good. lunch and um, watched the telly. Nothing, nothing overly exciting. That was it. <laughs> well, that's it. It's very pleasant. Sometimes it's nice to just do, you know, not be running around. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I obviously enjoyed it because I didn't have to do any cooking, so <laughs> it's all the, all the better when I don't have to do anything. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, when you, you get to not have to do the cooking. So, yeah, that was that, really. It was all very quiet. and um, I, was I, made, I made a New Year. I don't normally make New Year's resolutions, but it, I, I've been looking at my weight of late and thinking I've got to do something about that. Oh, so <laughs> I'm about a week, about a week in. <laughs> oh, right. oh I suppose you... getting on towards two weeks in now. I started in the new year. What are you doing then? Trying to do. Doing, doing a bit more walking again, picking up my walking like I used to, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to get out for a mile or so a day, or at least a mile, yeah, right. and um, and and just trying to eat more sensibly. <laughs> few less, few less mince pies. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I'm trying not to eat all the really nice things, and uh, well, no, that's not true. I eat nice things even when I'm dieting. But uh, oh yeah, you have to just. Just not quite the quantity I would normally eat, that's all. Yeah, and, you know, try and steer away from the sugary cakes. Yes. Having said that, for my birthday, my uh, sister bought me a, like a a, a tea, um, uh, what would you call it? Um, it's got a box with with straw in you know, and uh, it had got a, uh, some crumbly biscuits and some... Oh, right, yeah. Uh, sort of chocolate tea- chip. Chocolate chip cookies, tea hamper, and, and a, a thing of um, a thing of breakfast tea, mm. uh, and and some fudge. So, <laughs> oh dear, I'm yeah. having to ration myself. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, fudge, fudge is terrible because it's it's nice, but it's so soft. You put it in your mouth and it dissolves. It's gone. It's like ooh, just another piece. Oh, that's where's right. The, where's the whole? Had enough sugar gone? for a week. <laughs> yeah, where's, that, where's that? Where's that packet of fudge gone? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, that's a real easy William Brown and the biscuits kind of scenario. You know, we just have the one. <laughs> oh, they've all gone. Yeah. How did that happen? Maybe just one more. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> no, talking about that, actually, I got given some um, nougat. I got given a rum, raisin, and chocolate chip nougat. Oh, right. Okay. Very nice. wasn't quite as chewy as I expected. It was more of the softer sort, but it's still very pleasant. Although, oddly, it's not described as having it, but it's also got hazelnuts in it, which is um, pleasant enough. But it was a bit of a weird sensation when you first took a chunk of it and bit into it to find a whole hazelnut buried inside it. Yes. When you're expecting raisins and um, chocolate chips, but um, of which there are plenty in it. But, um, yeah, that's the same. It's like... Mm. The first bar was gone in about an hour because it was like, I'll just have a bit of that. Oh, blimey, the whole bar's gone. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, my, my family managed to, uh, um, I won't say wreck, uh, because I understand that, that they wanted to buy each other presents. But, uh, you know, I said that last year we did this uh, Secret Santa thing where we just bought a present yeah. for one person and um, within the family. and. Um, we did the same again this year, except both my sister and Maggie and Robert decided they'd also buy lots of other things. <laughs> kind of defeats oh, it. Defe- <laughs> well, it rather <laughs> defeats the point, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Done there you just. go. It's there, there, you, go. There, you know, if they wish to do that, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, dear. 
Well, and in all honesty, um, in all honesty, my sister had but had spent the money on our children, which you can quite understand. Mm. So, well, that's fair enough, isn't it? It's uh, slightly yeah. different. Slightly different. It is. Oh dear. So, what we got here? Um, have have uh, Apple Vision Pro is any moment now. Well, any moment. A um, couple of weeks away, isn't it? I think in you can start. Can't you can start ordering it from the what is it? The nineteenth. I think. I can't remember now. Oh, I don't know. I hadn't seen that. I Was it the 8th of Feb they said they were launching it? Second, I thought. Oh, you might be right. Apple. I wasn't paying a lot of attention because I thought, well, I'm not going to be buying one. So. No, no. We well, I, can't. Them... I can't because they're only in, the, only in the US at the moment. Vision <laughs> Pro. Yes, all right. I don't need the... No, I don't want the bloody video. Go away. I want the details. Stop flashed the details at me. Then showed me... A... Start showing me a video. Got one of these super clever. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah, I can see it. For anyone who wants to try the Apple Vision Pro when it's officially released on the February the 2nd. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be a whole procedure. Yeah, just show me the... <sighs> I've just clicked on your, on the top link, The Verge. Yeah. Thing. Oh, I've gone on. No. when you, I went to the Apple page and it, it, it flashed up the thing and then started playing some sort of video. I don't know. Oh, right. Uh, 19th. 19th. Starts on the 19th, which is, what, Friday? So They'll probably sell out, won't they? Undoubtedly. Because mm. there will be lots of people out there who want, want to try it at the very least. And there'll be loads of people who um, what was it? have I think channels it... or want to buy one so that they can I do think a review. It might have been on APT. And one of them was saying something yeah. about it. And, oh, you know, it's going to be expensive. And then one of the other ones. One of the other guys went. There's enough millionaires in the year in the world who just buy one because I'm sure Apple won't have any well, trouble exactly. shifting them all. Yeah, you know? or or people who just got three thousand quid, three and a half thousand dollars, burning a hole in their pocket for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we had a we had a Mac user group social um, yesterday. Yesterday, and um, yeah. Because we've been doing Zoom basically ever since the you know pandemic started, and there's a good right. reason for doing Zoom because it's it's less aggro. It's easier to get more people to actually attend the Zoom meetings because obviously people are from all over Suffolk, and it's easier to get speakers as well because they don't have to travel. Okay. But um, last year we had a social in January, and this year we did it again, and uh, it was yesterday. So we'll go and mingle and chat, and we have a couple of sort oh, that's of good lightweight talks rather than a full-on presentation and mike the chairman um was showing us some 360 uh degree gopro um like video that he's oh, um, right. he'd taken and they went to a place called angel's landing which is this hike up a sort of a mountain ridge i suppose it's not really a mountain in like the desert i think but anyway it towards the top it becomes this path about three four foot wide with sheer drops on either side. <laughs> and oh, right, yeah. Done a 360-degree um, video of it with this GoPro 360. And um, I have to oh, say I, that... Yeah, I've just pulled up a picture of it. Just watching that. It's in Zion National Park. That's the one, yeah. and yeah. Um, Oh, gosh, yes, I see. Yeah. yeah. I've just seen the ridge. Yeah, that's <laughs> high up. Uh, Angel's <laughs> Landing. Yeah, so he climbed right up to the top. They go right, at, and he said, oh, the first sort of two-thirds of it is just a sort of standard hike. This is the... Yeah. Yeah, if I send you, if I send you this one. No, I'll just put the link. Show me that. If I put this one in, you'll 
see. There's one bit that just as it looks as if it has a chain across it. Yeah. Well, from the <laughs> that's about it. For the top, he says for the top like third, you reach this bit where there's the chain. So when it goes narrow like that, where with the sheer side, you, you hike yes. along the edge there, and there's the chain so that you can hold on. And, um... <laughs> I'd I'd be holding on. I'd definitely be holding on. <laughs> I'd be holding on. And they went. Mike's done it before. Mike and uh, he went. There was four of them doing the hike. And I think three of them had done it before, and the other guy was a right. new guy. And there's bits of it where he's going like, "I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this." And then there's <laughs> a bit surprised. where there's a bit where there's no chain for about I don't know twelve foot, and he's like, "You promised me there'd be a chain." <laughs> he's got to walk over <laughs> this bit with the, get to the next chain. I think oh, I'll be on my hands and knees. I think crawling. <laughs> I know, no, no, yes. no, no, I don't like it. Yeah, that's that's quite a drop. <laughs> oh dear! And as you can see, basically, and you, you don't walk. really get you don't get a proper impression of of the height from the photo. But I bet you, it, yeah, yeah, that's well, high. on the three sixty degree Gosh. movie, you know, Mike would stop it and twist because you obviously you can just pan it. That's the whole point of it being yes. three sixty. You can just pan it round. It looks like a whole globe. So it was a bit where he's going along, and the, by default, it's showing you what's in front. It wasn't Mike carrying the camera, yeah. but um, and then there's a bit where he's near the edge and he kind of did the stop the video and t- did a twist so you could see over the edge and we're all going like, oh, no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've just been uh, I've just been watching the latest eruptions in Iceland. Oh, have you? Yeah, that's not not far from um, only about 100 feet from the uh, the town. Oh. Um, so I'm not sure whether it actually made it to the town. That what I've seen so far was it was literally it was about a hundred, couple of hundred feet perhaps from buildings. <laughs> that's um, but it's that's too close. Open up much much further south. That's too close for comfort. Thank you. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I don't I don't like the idea of having molten rock blowing near me. Thank you. <laughs> no. No. Well, of course, the worst thing about that, quite often, which people forget, is like molten lava obviously behaves like any fluid, and if you get if it's thin enough and runny enough, and it's got gas in it, it can do like like you know like boiling water. It can like a, a pocket of gas will come up through it, pop open, and it can make it spit yes. out like a ball of molten rock. Well, what they were showing, what at one point they were flying, the, the one channel I was watching had got a, a drone up, right, and they were flying. They reckon it's about it could be a couple of kilometers long, like right. like the last one. Yeah, um, and they were flying down s- south towards the bottom part of it, and um, it the the guy who was in the studio, as it were, was talking to the guy flying the drone. At one point, at one point, he was controlling the drone from somewhere in America, which I thought was amazing. Uh, but it it wasn't very uh, his connection wasn't very good. Mm. But um, then you could see this steam much closer to the town. He yeah. said, "Go and focus on on that steam down there." Cause apparently, that's what happens first. You get a lot of steam, <laughs> yeah, and the steam is driven out by the lava coming up underneath it. Effectively, yeah, and all the water in the rock and the soil um, being uh, forced out. That's right. And within a, within a couple of minutes, it was a couple a couple of hundred feet long. This fissure, mm. and um, but yeah, a lot a lot of smoke and steam and whatever to start with, and then and then it forces the rocks open, of course. Yeah. And and allows the lava to get out. So amazing photos, amazing photos. Uh, and and the people, 
at the, at, they had to replace the batteries at one point. So you saw how far the, the people were away, and they weren't that far. <laughs> They're about probably a quarter of a mile away. Ouch. So I thought, hmm, too rather close than me. Yeah, rather you than me. <laughs> too, too close for my liking. Yeah. Oh, dear. Right. Shall we get on? Shall we get on? Okay, here we go then.